Hello and welcome to Goblet of Wine, a drunken Harry Potter podcast. I'm Hannah and again, we don't have a proper intro for this episode because as me and Charlie are separate, things slip through the net. So in today's episode, we are reading chapters 17 and 18 of Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire. So grab a glass of your favourite alcoholic beverage and join us on this reminiscent journey. Hi Charlie. How are you? Still warm. Actually, I'm so warm. I'm warmer than I warm... was before. What temperature is it outside? I think it's still like 23 degrees, which uh, I'm not translating that for international listeners. It is still 23 degrees. It's nearly Hot. nine o'clock. Horrible. Absolutely Hot. horrible. So we have some have patrons to thank. I feel like we normally do more shit talking before the patrons, but I don't, I don't know, know what, what else to say. Life is so boring right now. I know. So I called my mum like every other day, basically at the moment, because you know it's nice to chat during lockdown. But also, I have nothing to say to her, and no. she has nothing to say to me. I'm just like, how are you? You know, fine, bit sad. What have you been up to? Oh, just you know, nothing much. I'm like, great, okay. <laughs> Every yeah. other day we're saying these <laughs> Every day, me and mum have one or two conversations. It's either, what are you going to do today? Nothing. There is nothing to do. Or, shall we have a chill day today? And it's like, that's the only option. <laughs> so yeah, we do have anyway, some patrons to thank. So we a do. huge, massive thank you to Sylvia. A massive thank you to Kafir. A huge thank you to S.Q. I would have just gone with SQ, not S dot q dot but fine i was reading it very literally well it actually says s dot q comma if you want to be really literal look it's on my phone it's very small i can't read (laughs) and a ginormous thank you to yesme all four of them have joined us on team patreon they now have access to behind the scenes content bonus episodes access to our discord they now have access to the bonus episode we've recorded we've expanded past harry potter we are now into his dark materials charlie's been reading it i have i can read (laughs) but she's making she's making really cute read-along things and yeah i'm just making really terrible predictions that don't come true that's the kind of thing that's over on our patreon so thank you everyone for joining in the fun over there charlie what are you drinking um i'm drinking luminous again it is um i'm drinking something very very nostalgic oh dear christ i haven't seen that in where did you find it so she's just held up a bottle oh called caribbean twist and guys the color of this stuff is radioactive like it looks like it came out of a radioactive nuclear power plant you know the stuff in the simpsons where like it's that luminous color it looks like that and she's ingesting it yeah remind me what it is so it's basically what you used to buy when you were younger but i say younger as i only started drinking at 20 this definitely was when i was like 20 21 so not that long ago but when you wanted to make like a fruity cocktail but you were being really fucking cheap and lazy so you would buy the stuff called caribbean twist which is only four percent alcohol and they do a different it's only four yeah it's like it's nothing this flavor is mixed mango um and then you would just pour loads of really cheap alcohol into it but then you couldn't taste it um oh, what yeah. this really it was reminds one of those like of. masking drinks yeah because like you know that we love america 
We love our American listeners, but we do have to rip the shit out of you. And what this reminds me of is this is the kind of drink that Americans would drink and be like, oh my God, I'm so wild drinking this. I just drank an entire bottle of Caribbean Twist. It's like, you see those videos that go viral on Twitter of like of someone downing like a Smirnoff Ice or a WKD. And, and all like Americans at parties being like, whoa! And we're yeah. all like, everyone's like yelling them age on. 14, mate. Like, that is, that is like my morning juice. It's literally juice. Like, this is literally juice with a tiny bit of alcohol in, but I know, like, I doubt you can get this in America, but you could. It, definitely Americans would think this is super hardcore. What I yep. have mixed into it to make it more alcoholic, some really questionable thing called Volkova... Twenty-two uh, percent volume schnapps. I can't taste it because it looks the... like vodka. That you say it's schnapps. Yes, uh, it tastes questionable. The color of that is scaring me. <laughs> yeah, and it smells like teenage teenage boy aftershave. <laughs> what are you doing to let the side down? I have decided to go... I've also gone for a fruity number, actually, but I've decided to make my own. So I have mixed together orange vodka, which I think we've had in the podcast, and peach snaps with tonic water to make a kind of tropical Mm. beverage. What is schnapps? I don't. Good. Because I asked my mum this in the shop as well, because I was like, will this will this work what is schnapps and she's like i don't know european schnapps aka true schnapps is comparable to a lightly flavored vodka in order to make schnapps fruit juice is fermented with a base liquor it's usually a fruit brandy <laughs> oh charlie this is a great sentence based on what we were just saying schnapps should have an alcohol content of 32 percent, which translates to 64 proof I don't know what proofing is but i know some people go with that anything lower than that it will either be deemed as fake schnapps or as an American schnapps. Uh, <laughs> uh, chapter 19, the Hungarian, the Hungarian horn tale. Okay, so time passes. <laughs> Harry yes, <it> does. <laughs> Harry is very nervous, which is understandable. Rita's article comes out and it's basically Harry's life story. None of the quotes oh, is what he said. They are entirely made up. Like Harry basically said, uh... I don't know. Yeah, I guess I'm nervous. And she wrote like a 12-page article about him. So I want to I... make my parents proud. That kind of bullshit. I still cry at night, which is also fine, Harry. But he doesn't. So I wrote I... in brackets. Well, I wrote that she straight up made shit up in brackets. She is the Daily Mail. That is what they do. But I was wondering whether this was illegal because he never said any of it so i texted my friend who is a journalist she's called lucy she is meant to be coming on during a very rita skeeter heavy article but we will see if that happens because lockdown means i can't see her but she is a journalist so i texted her saying is it illegal to write someone saying something an article that they did not say what are the rules like making something up saying something someone said when they didn't she says it depends a bit on the situation but if an article says joe blog said i hate josh blogs and he never said that, then Joe Bloggs could sue whoever published the article for defamation because it makes him look bad and it was untrue. If all it said was, Joe Bloggs said, look, there's a bird, and Joe Bloggs never said that, I'm not sure anything legal could come of it because Joe couldn't sue for his reputation being damaged as that's what's, as what's being said really doesn't matter. 
Like, if everyone found out the article had made stuff up, then it would damage their reputation and could be considered unethical, but I don't think it's technically illegal. Which I found really interesting. Like, you can basically only sue if something bad is said that you're written. Like, because yeah. the most I know about it is, like, the people I know that have sued for defamation, like, in the news currently is, like, Harry and Meghan Markle. Yeah, I thought you were going to say personally. I was like, what kind of shit are your friends? Who do you know? <laughs> I know a lot of people. No, I was talking about Harry and Meghan. They've obviously sued uh, some of the British newspapers for defamation recently. And a lot of that has to do with like a letter from Meghan's father that was taken out of context. But I can't really believe that if you just say something that isn't defamation of character, but the person said it, it isn't illegal, that it's just not seen as like a problem. I think you could probably ask for a correction. But what's the legal standing if they don't correct it? I don't know. I did write that Harry needs a lawyer, but maybe he doesn't. Well, is anything she said defamation? I suppose it is in some way defamation of her char- his character because she insinuates that he did enter the Triwizard Tournament when he didn't. And that damages his reputation. That's true. Maybe we should get a lawyer on next. Let's get a journalist, let's yeah. get a lawyer... <laughs> It also well just makes anyone a lawyer? wet wipe, but I don't think that would hold up in court. She damaged her reputation because she made me look like a wet wipe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he so, cries about his parents and she says that he is dating Hermione when she when he is not. Yeah. So everyone roasts Harry for it and he ends up accidentally snapping a Joe about it. <laughs> Poor Joe. He's like, yeah, I've just cried about my dead mum and now I'm just going off to do some more. And Joe's like, you dropped your <laughs> they should have put that in the film they that's should've. actually a really good moment. Hermione keeps trying to unsuccessfully make the boys talk they go to Hogsmeade Harry wearing their cloak because he doesn't want to get roasted by everyone <laughs> yeah so they end up in the three broomsticks but Harry is under the invisibility cloak he's gone to Hogsmeade because he yeah because he doesn't want to be roasted but it's really mean to Hermione he's just like yeah look like you're talking to yourself bye yeah or just like wandering around by herself I know poor thing so they're in the three broomsticks Hagrid and Moody are there and we find out that Moody can see through Harry's invisibility cloak yeah so it's kind of interesting because so we find out in book seven that Harry's invisibility cloak is like the one true invisibility cloak it is the one but moody's magical eye can see so we know that other invisibility cloaks have flaws or will fade or will tear but what is it what how is moody's magical eye so powerful that it can see through a deathly hollow it's especially when his magical eye at the end of the day is like a man-made and man enchanted thing exactly i think it is just a plot hole i think the one thing you (laughs) maybe could argue is that he can't see through it but he knows Harry's there. Otherwise, maybe he sees how Hermione's acting, stood by herself, sees her like talking off to one side and like... I mean, we definitely know he can see through it though because it becomes important when Harry's caught with the egg on the stairs in a later chapter, do you remember? Oh yeah. Yeah, so he definitely yeah. can see through it. I think at this point she hadn't decided about Hallows because in my head, a Hallow is... Although we know they're man-made like they were made by men, they should be more powerful than the man-made eye. Because how can the eye be imbued with like a stronger magic? But then Dumbledore can see through the invisibility cloak. Can he? Do we know that for sure? I swear he can, because in the first book, Harry's sitting wearing it in front of the mirror of Erised and Dumbledore speaks to him. 
I can't remember, but does that happen in the film or the book? The book, he's not wearing it in the film. So maybe the cloak, maybe this is what, what is being said, is that the cloak isn't like... Like, these objects aren't... I mean, I think that's what ends up coming out at the end of book seven, is these objects aren't wholly amazing out of these world objects. They are just extremely powerful objects. Like, the stone can't actually bring people back from the dead. The wand can be defeated. Can be defeated and also can't hold its power compared to, like, there are other influences going on and the cloak can be seen through by certain very strong magical influences. Yes, but then on the other hand, it was Death's own cloak. So are you telling me that Mad-Eye or Dumbledore, if Death was just like chilling in the corner of the three broomsticks, that they'd be like, that dude is creepy over there. See, I have always interpreted book seven as it's not Death's own cloak. It being Death's Own Cloak is an exaggeration of a story the same way that lots of mythology and other old stories are rooted in a small nugget of truth. And it being Death's Own Cloak is just an exaggeration. And I think someone mentions this. I think it might be Hermione because she's the really practical one. Says the three brothers are real brothers and they just happen to be the most exceptional magical people of the time who could make these exceptional magical objects. Yeah, I get that. But it's up for interpretation. And I see that interpretation, but at the same time, I do... I like the idea that in the wizarding world that there are these, like, fairy tale and, Mm. like, myths that did actually happen because I think if there is a world in which they're going to happen, it's the wizarding world. And I like the idea that they kind of have these, like fairy tales and mythologies and so does the like so do we but they have it because it kind of actually like did happen oh that's funny I don't they know. interpret it in really different because i interpret like the story did happen but death was never there death was just the fear of the brothers personified no because i'm not saying that that's like what i believe but i'm just saying that it's like something that I like the idea of it, basically. Yeah, like, it, it's nice to believe it could be true because the magical world is different from ours. Yeah, and when you think about how, like, magic would have evolved in the same way that civilization would have, like, muggle civilization would have evolved, so, evolved, so, whereas now we have, like, quite, like, a high-tech, sophisticated society, we didn't always, and I think it's the same with magic, whereas at one point their magic may have been this kind of, like, more, like, fairy tale kind of mythology thing. I feel like I'm expressing myself really badly because I'm a few drinks no, down, but... <laughs> That's the point of the podcast. I know what yep. you mean. I think it's really interesting. I think we'll go into it into a hell of a lot more detail in book seven about where the Hallows came from, but I do believe at this point she did not think the cloak no. was a hallow therefore this didn't matter yeah and I, the fact that dumbledore in book one can see through it didn't matter yeah i always felt like the hallows were quite a last minute thing yeah i think horcruxes were completely planned by this point but hallows were a bit more at the end moody points out harry to hagrid and hagrid asks him to come down to his cabin at midnight tonight's the night that harry is meant to be meeting sirius in the fire but harry goes anyway because he knows that it must be important but then it turns out Hagrid is just like meeting Madame Maxine and Harry's like I don't want to be I don't want to be on this date what the hell Hagrid it's like the worst third wheel situation when you can't even be seen you're just an invisible third wheel Mm -hmm. yeah um so they walk around the forest and there in some sort of area are four dragons which 
how can they not be heard from the school and how can the school not see the fire because harry describes it as like around a corner i'm like no that's got to be 10 minutes into the forest at least yeah they must have some like kind of like illusion charms to like cover up surely i mean probably and hopefully so that students don't just like wander in like oh no a dragon So all the wizards end up having to stun the dragons because they're very, very angry. And it turns out it's surprise Charlie Weasley time. Woo! The one that drives a lot of SEO for us because people Google Charlie Harry Potter and unfortunately come across us. Sorry, guys, we catfished you. Does it happen when they Google Hannah Harry Potter like Hannah Abbott? We lucked out that both of our names are in Harry Potter, actually. I mean, we just have very, like, mediocre British names. Surprise Charlie Weasley is the best Charlie Weasley, though. And he says that the horn tail, which is the black dragon with the spiked tail, is the most dangerous, which means that Harry is definitely going to get it in the challenge. Like, we just know at this point. Yeah. So I always thought it was really, really unfair that they have different dragons. It should be four dragons of the same type. Especially because Hagrid and Charlie are like, oh yeah, that that horntail's nasty. This isn't fair. This isn't a standardised test. I suppose they're trying to see like how they all interpret different like levels of different danger. So the dangers, because they're not necessarily being judged on. Well, they are being judged on how fast they get the egg, but it's also like how they respond to danger. But yeah, there's like, there's just one dragon that's a lot worse. Yeah, it's not fair. It's like the other ones seem chill. They seem fine. Um, yeah. So Harry leaves. He's like, Hagrid's not going to notice and runs headfirst into Karkaroff. And Harry realises that this means Cedric will be the only one who doesn't know about the dragons. So then he runs back to the common room where Sirius's head is sitting in the fire. He rants to Sirius about everything that's going on and Sirius tells Harry that Karkaroff was a Death Eater. How the fuck would Karkaroff pass a DBS check? And I know... There are no DBS checks. But it's just like, even if you don't have a DBS check, surely when you're like hiring for the headmaster or like a teacher of a school, you would think, has this person ever been part of a murderous hate gang? Yes. Okay, probably not the best for the job. Like, what the fuck? And like, it's so bad as well, because obviously that like, school like hogwarts would have muggle boards and you think about how if their like headmaster was someone that used to kill muggle then like that's probably not going to be the best environment for them and they're probably not going to get equal opportunities like who gave this man the if, job i wonder if Durmstrang does have muggle I wonder. Because I feel like if it didn't then dumbledore would refuse to let them like collaborate yeah I mean, I know Malfoy says they don't like in the same riffraff we do, but Malfoy can't really be trusted with anything. But with Karkaroff yeah. as a headmaster, I do wonder. Well, maybe Karkaroff just lies. And like, yeah, I've got loads of muggleborns. They're everywhere. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe. Or maybe they're let into the school and then bullied. So Sirius also points out that Berth Jorkins um, was in Albania, which is where Voldemort has known to be and where me and Hannah will one day be. Um, she says... Summer he, 21! Yeah. He says that he w- she would be very easy to lure into a trap and that she mm. would have kn- known all about the Triwizard Tournament. Uh, so Sirius is about to tell him how to get past a dragon when there's a noise and then it's Ron. Yeah. But what's 
really oh, heartbreaking is that Ron was actually coming downstairs because yeah. he was worried about where Harry was. Like, he doesn't quite say it, but he's like, I was... He's basically worried about yeah. why Harry hasn't come to bed. And Harry, you know, for kind of... <laughs> I understand because he's just missed talking to Sirius, but Harry screams at him and then throws a badger at his yeah. head and then says, maybe you'll have a scar to wear on Tuesday, which I'm just like, that was below the belt, Harry. Like that, that it was, was savage. a lot. That was but really savage. Also, like, why doesn't Sirius just write to Harry and tell him what he was going to tell him? This is Sunday night and the task mon- Tuesday midday, but we know Sirius is really close by and an owl can get there in half a day. Exactly. I don't know. So chapter 20, the first task. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. So it's Sunday morning and Harry tells Hermione about Carcroft and the dragons. So they go to the library to start looking up spells. I feel really bad for Hagrid that they don't go and ask Hagrid. He's the care of magical creatures teacher. Yeah, but he'd just be like, oh, maybe give it a hug. Yeah, but he would know their weaknesses because he would know how to care for their weaknesses. But he has too much of a soft spot for dragons. But he knows that Harry has to do what Harry's got to do. It's a good point. It's a good point. They could, but I suppose Harry is still like, I can't ask for help. Like, I suppose that's too far in the cheating. Uh, They do read a book called Men Who Love Dragons Too Much. <laughs> the fairies are at it again. Oh, what can we have yet mean? another fairy themed no, episode? No, no, you cannot name another episode. Fairies, please. They they read basically. They're trying to find a simple spell because what uh, Sirius did get out is that they only need a simple spell. And then the next day, when they're at class, Harry decides to corner Cedric and tell him about the dragons, which is a very decent, nice thing to do like but he does it in a... like the most shithead way where he's like could i a yell oi cedric or could i b tear his brand new bag i know how he's like i really don't want his mates to notice me so let me tear his bag apart although yeah. i suppose you could just repair everything couldn't you i guess but um yeah so moody comes out and interrupts them and then he says that cheating is a traditional part of the tournament he asks harry what he's good at and harry's like uh i'm good at quidditch but i don't i'm only allowed my wand and then moody is like you fucking dumb bitch like you also need a simple spell harry kind of when harry goes into the office he also notices moody's dark detectors which are an interesting clue towards the fact that moody might not be great because moody says he's had to bend the aerial and break the sneaker scope because they go haywire in the school because all the kids are lying but also the imposter has had to do that because they'll be worrying and screaming about him being the liar Mm -hmm. so that's a good little clue there yeah yeah harry kind of puts five and five together to get two because moody's basically told him what to do and realizes he needs to learn the summoning charm to get his broom unfortunately this is the only spell we've ever seen him have an issue with in the book so him and hermione have to practice convenient so harry worries about the distance while they're practicing he basically masters the charm and then he's like oh but tomorrow it'll be a lot further away and that's a really good point what are the distance restrictions with summoning charms because surely there must be some but also couldn't hermione just take it into the stands 
or like Would that be seen as cheating no yes because then it's obvious he's prepared a plan and he's not meant to know about the dragons he's not mm. meant to know what he's walking you into. could balance it on a nearby tree where no one would see you could do that but surely there must be some distance restrictions i don't know but i guess it does look like extra badass because I never really thought about the thing that Harry is supposed to look like he doesn't know. So it must look so badass if you were watching, thought Harry was learning about the dragons for the first time, and he just strolls out, looks at the dragon, accios his wand, which just happens to be by an open window. Like, how would you be like, oh, like, you would just be like, this kid is so cool and collected under pressure. Imagine looking at a dragon and thinking logically, hmm, ah, yes, my broom. And like, yeah. So- it must look so impressive. Your mind wouldn't immediately go there. It would go to doing something to the dragon. So Yeah. yeah or it must literally just cool. running around screaming. <laughs> yeah. I do wonder how all the champions would have reacted and what they would have done had they not known about the dragon. Like if there hadn't been cheating. Yeah. I feel like they all would have fucking died. Yeah. Probably. So it's time for the task. And... <laughs> Professor McGonagall is so worried about Harry. She's like puts an arm around his, on his shoulder, and he's she's like, "It's gonna be okay. Are yeah. you okay?" And she's trying to be like, "There will be people there to step in," and it's like almost by her saying that and seeming so worried, would make you feel worse. Yeah, she's like, "All that matters is if you try. People are on hand if you need them." If I didn't know what the task was, I'd be like, "Are you gonna kill me?" Yeah. So they arrive at the tent and Bagman explains what they have to do and that they have to get a golden egg. They randomly draw dragons from a bag and the dragons have numbers around their neck, which also indicates the order they're going to go in. And Harry obviously gets the horn tail, which is obviously the last one because Harry's got to be the most dramatic bitch. Mm -hmm. So then Bagman asks to speak to Harry and he's trying to give him tips and Harry's like, no, I'm good. I'm good, I'm good, I'm good. The other champions go out and do their thing and then it's finally time for Harry. He goes out, he summons summons his broom. But before he summons it, the description of his panic is so vivid. Like the way he describes hearing the crowd, but it's like it's behind glass. The way he describes the faces as kind of swimming too brightly before him. The way he describes like the horntail looking further away and like it's just... It's, an, it's a very, very good description of that moment where you are so nervous about something and you walk out into it and your brain can't process the information properly and you're just kind of like, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god. Yeah, so he somehow manages to get the egg in the quickest time. And then Ron finally, afterwards, finally comes to his senses, which never made sense to me because his kind of justification is that now that he's seen it, he's like, oh yeah, you would never enter yourself into that. But obviously... Even if Harry had entered himself into it, he wouldn't know how bad it was. I literally wrote this. I wrote, I know, I wrote, it's a ridiculous thing to say because if Harry did put his name in, then he wouldn't know how dangerous it was until now. Yeah, is it? it, It's one of those things that really annoys me and JK Rowling does this a few times. Like if Ron had just been like, you know, the justification had been Ron saw how close his friend could have come to dying and then didn't want to be in a half with him anymore. That makes sense. It's like she, I mean, she over explains Maybe that's the things. real reason. And he doesn't want to say that. Like, Ron is not someone who likes expressing emotions. He's not like, oh, I want to talk to you because you almost died. So he's got to be like, I reckon someone's trying to kill you. Like, it's a manly yeah. thing to say. Yeah. But like, oh. I guess. But just, I always feel like things are really like over explained when there's like a simpler explanation that could be used. It's a lot Definitely. like Hermione lying about the trolls. 
Yes. So Harry tells him to forget it and Hermione bursts into tears, which is so cute. Oh, it's so cute. I love it. Ron then goes on and tells Harry what all the other champions did. And Cedric turned a rock into a dog. So the dragon would chase it. A, impressive magic. B, is this cruel to the dog? Because he was basically like, eat this dog but also if it's a transfigured dog from a rock is it a real dog i don't know don't know because like okay so we learn about like the rules of transfiguration and you can't make something appear from nothing so i always imagine when they transfigure objects like when they're like oh i've made a what do they do like pin cushion into a hedgehog like into a living creature it goes back to the pin cushion at some point so the way you're just creating extra living beings like mm. i imagine it is a temporary piece of magic so is this not a real dog what is a real dog what makes a dog real it's this cruel to the dog that he was basically like eat this please not me and he's like die dog maybe but anyway Fleur basically did a charm to try and make it a bit sleepy. And I love come... how you ignored all my deep questions about transfiguration and dog rights. I don't know rights. how to answer them. I'm not a wizard. And then Crumb basically blinded it or some shit. So they get told that the next clue is inside the egg and we'll tell them what the next task is. And then Rita Skeeter on the way back to the castles um, like corners Harry and asks him for a word. And he's like, you can have a word. Goodbye. Goodbye. Sassy Harry in this book. Could Sassy be the best Harry. book for it. Sassy Harry is the best Harry, and this is the best chapter to end in the, all of the books. Like that's how it ends. Just like you can have a word. Yeah. Goodbye. And it it's him finally learning to like stand up for himself as well. Like, yeah, and that he doesn't have to respond to these adults who are pissing him yeah, off. Yeah, he's like, I have just defeated a dragon. I can say whatever I want to. Yeah. Also, Harry's enjoyed first. We learn. Yeah. So well done, kid. And that's the end of the chapter. It was an exciting one. Like, I like the... Ta- I really like the tasks. Yeah, it's it's good. And it's like you get to see the characters and, like, J.K. Rowling's writing doing something, like, a little bit different. Mm. Like, breaking the narrative. I know we always say that with, like, every book. But, like, yeah, it's like breaking the narrative that we come to know. It's I like how these very exciting chapters are interspersed throughout the books rather than, like, all the excitement being at the end. Uh, yeah. It's really fun. And I'm glad that Ron is over his half because I just don't oh, like yeah. when Ron isn't there. That was a short recording for us. Wow. 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 We didn't shit talk loads. No, we didn't for once. If you want to hear a shit talk more though, then sign up to the Patreon shameless plug. <laughs> That's where we do all of our shit talking and shit dancing. I put a video up there recently oh. that I found on my camera roll that we recorded around episode seven of the podcast and i had forgotten about it and was clearing out a memory card and found it it bad it It was bad but i put it on patreon anyway yeah so if you want to see us humiliate ourselves for money then that will be in the description we have absolutely no shame and aside from that stay safe we hope you enjoyed don't leave the house even if you're listening to this in five years just don't do it it's not worth leaving the house is bad there's bad (laughs) things out there there are things like wash your hands Yeah, wash your hands, you dirty pig. We will see you next one. You can have a word. Goodbye. Goodbye. (laughs) Nice. I like that. 
Thank you for listening to this episode of Goblet of Wine. To find us on social media, search at Goblet of Wine Pod on Twitter or at Goblet of Wine Podcast on Instagram. We also have a website over at www.gobletofwine.co.uk where you can keep up with everything that we do. This podcast is produced by our wonderful Hufflepuff tier patrons. VR, Nathan, Amanda, Catherine, Mark, Katie, Sandra, Danny and Mutalib. If you'd like to support this podcast, check out our Goblet of Wine Patreon where you can also gain access to bonus episodes, behind the scenes content and our Discord. Thank you so much for listening to this episode and we'll see you in the next one. Bye! Bye.